Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, everybody, Joe McCall, and I'm with the uh, one and only Jackie Jackson. We're going to talk to her in just a minute. This is the uh, Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. I'm super excited about this for several reasons. Number one, we're talking to Jackie. Number two, I got my brand new mic. But uh, I'm excited about this uh, because it's been a while. Normally, I do my podcasts on this microphone here, which is a Rode Podcaster. But it's a USB microphone. And I think I forget the difference between a condenser microphone and a dynamic microphone, but now I'm using the better one. So like my air conditioning is going on right now. Can you hear it, Jackie? No, not at all. It's extremely quiet. Okay, good. Because with this microphone, you could you would hear a hum in the background from my air conditioner. So uh, I fixed that. But anyway, this is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Show. This is probably, Jackie, our like 645th episode. We've been doing it a long time, since 2011, and it's my favorite thing in the world. I mean, if you look at all the different businesses I have and the different things that I do, I love doing this podcast, and uh, that's why I'm getting all excited about this new microphone. And, uh, oh, I just found a way to make this move, but I have to loosen Oh, never mind. Sorry. I have to loosen this thing, and it's too tight. But anyway, um, let's get going here. Guys, you're going to, if you go to realestateinvestingmastery.com, you're going to see the show notes. You'll even see probably a transcription of this episode here. So if you want to not only listen to us, if you want to read this interview, uh, you can go to realestateinvestingmastery.com, go to the search bar, do a search for Jackie, and you'll find this podcast. Cause I know Jackie is going to give you a lot of really cool things to learn. Jackie's been in the business a long time. She's gone through my program. She does some really cool things. And sometimes I'll even call her for advice on how she's doing certain stuff. So Jackie, welcome to the show. How are you? I am so well, Joe. Thank you for having me. And you really do have a very cool microphone. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but listen, my show's probably not as professional as yours. You have your own TV show, don't you now, or something like that? Yeah, that was such a fluke, Joe, to be honest with you. But real estate has a way of taking you and bringing new opportunities to you once you are you know, full time and full and in it. Yeah. So um, I ended up getting a TV show with a real TV station locally yeah. here in Orlando. That's and so they awesome. broadcast on um, the digital TV network. So, you know, you still have to have like your antenna, you know, like, yeah. okay. and it's like a local TV station. Yeah. I was like, I don't even know if I could find this channel if I wanted to. <laughs> so I watch it on, you know, on the internet, but it's uh, 1.5 million household views. So that wow. was dope. Yeah, that was a great opportunity. Now, just Orlando, is that right? It's um, channel 38.2 in Orlando and 11.2 in Miami. So it's the station has two different channels, one in Miami market, South Florida market, and one in Orlando market. So it's pretty nice. diverse. Okay, so what do, you, um, what do you talk about on your show? What's it about? And how can people find it, by the way? Can you watch it online? Oh, absolutely. Yes. The um, television station is My TA TV. That's their call sign. It's My TA TV and Telly Anakanoa. And you can find the show archived on their Facebook Live. They put it there. They also have an app. And you can also find the show on my Facebook Live as well, too. Just send me a friend request and um, you can see everything that I do. I, I make everything I do public so everybody can see it. <laughs> cool. All right. So what do you talk about on the show? On the show, it actually has evolved, Joe. It started out with me interviewing all entrepreneurs, right? Because everyone has a story. And it was very interesting for me to listen to people's stories. So from people that are very, very successful, and I want to understand what their journey looked like, all of their challenges, best practices, that kind of thing. And then to individuals that are just starting out in their entrepreneur journey and talking to them and trying to understand what their passion and why they decided to be an entrepreneur and take that leap of faith to basically, you know, eat what they kill, you know, go yeah. out and hunt it and, and do everything on their own. So that's how it started. 
And today, the show, I transitioned it um, back into real estate. So now I'm really talking more about deals, the process, the behind the scenes, because people started um, asking and requesting more information about what I do. So they recognize that I'm an entrepreneur and I'm a real estate entrepreneur. So they asked, well, we want to know more about how to flip a house. Uh, (laughs) And I said, okay, no problem. (laughs) So do you get you get to do whatever you want on the show? Is it you have a lot of freedom like that? Oh, yes. The creative freedom is definitely mine. Um, I'm the executive producer of it. So the owner of the station, he and I have a great relationship. So he's like, Jackie, just do what you want. You're getting the view. So have at it. (laughs) So is it a weekly show? Um, And how long do you get? Is it an hour, half hour? Great question. It is um, every Saturday at 8.30 p.m., which is really interesting because I, you know, I thought it was going to be a great time and I think it's still a great time slot, but most people are out and about on Saturday evenings, right? And at 8.30. So I usually get a lot more of my views, especially since it's archived online, like during the week. So although the show airs at 8.30 on Saturday night, most people are watching it on Sunday and Monday and so on like that. Can you repurpose that content and put it on your own YouTube video channel or put it into, you know, your own Facebook channels and stuff like that? Or is it, are you allowed to do that kind of thing with the video? I'm just curious. That's correct. I do have and own a hundred percent of my content. So that is also another source place that people can go to watch my show, which is on my YouTube channel and it's the Jackie Jackson. So the Jackie Ah. Jackson um, at YouTube. So you can catch me there or it's also on Facebook as well too. The Jackie Jackson. Jackson.com. That's right. G A C K I E. Right. Oh, right. look at it's, you. Um, you. You found me. All right. Boom. There it is. Man, you look fancy and sophisticated and smart. <laughs> All of the above, Joe. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm just saying you look really smart and professional and and uh, like you're having a good time. What a I'm great always time. having a good time. I'm always <laughs> smiling. I don't think there's any time that I'm not smiling. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. So um, how's business going for you? Business is going really, really good. I definitely am still in love with the process and with real estate, right? So I believe that with the change in times and the markets, you have to be flexible and utilize the right acquisition and exit strategy that mirrors what market you're in at that time, what market cycle you're in at that time. So if you only have one tool in your toolkit, meaning only one strategy that you do, then real estate becomes not fun (laughs) because, you know, the market cycle changes and then you're like, man, I can't close any deals. You know, like the well has dried up, but it's, that's really not the truth. It's just that you're not flexible and you didn't move with the time. So I definitely, that's like the biggest advice I could tell to any investor is to make sure that they become a transaction engineer. So that's pretty much what Uh, My business is right now. I'm coaching right now, taking on new students and just really killing the game by showing everyone how to structure deals and put things together. Nice. Nice. So um, let's talk about that. Some of let's talk about the business that you are doing. Like um, you're you're doing act, you're actively involved in real estate right now in the Orlando market, right? Well, first of all, let's rewind actually, Jackie, when did you get started in real estate? What got you interested in it? Ooh, my first flip, and um, I tell this story often, but my first attempt <laughs> at flipping a house was went horribly, horribly wrong, Joe. All right. So it was 2006. The market was um, evolving and changing, as you know, that whole 2006 to 2008, oh, yeah. everything was just going haywire. And because I was not educated and I didn't understand what was happening in the market at that time, I was really basing my decision off of what I saw other people do. So at the time, investors were putting um, earnest money down, like a deposit down on new home construction. And then by the time the project would be complete, there would be all this appreciation and they would just cash out. They would do a retail sale and they would cash out. You remember that? Oh, yeah. I wish I didn't remember that, but I remember that. (laughs) Well, that's what I did. (laughs) It was a fantastic idea. I was like, this is pretty dope, right? I had my full-time job and I was working in banking. I'm I'm a banker by trade. And I was branch manager and I was just like, everybody else is doing it. So why don't I do it too? So I did it. 
and I lost big time. Like, I mean, pretty, pretty bad. I got hurt, bruised, and I call it my um, PhD in what not to do. Okay. That was an expensive <laughs> seminar, wasn't it? Oh, it was a huge, expensive seminar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're laughing now, but we, we weren't laughing back then. No, we were not laughing back then, but it was that situation and that moment, that experience was the catalyst to where I am today. It started the the wheels turning. And I said, you know what? There are other investors right, that I know of that are very successful. And obviously they know something that I don't know. So I set out on a quest to figure out what I don't know. Wow. All right. Because I only knew one way. So I needed to figure out all the other different ways. And um, I started self-educating and asking a lot more questions and so on until one day a private lender <laughs> came into my branch and he, this is, this is a guy that had like loads of money. He had millions mean, of dollars. What do you mean your branch? What, oh yeah. Well, branch meaning that I was still working in banking at okay, the time okay. Yeah, before I made the transition into full-time real estate. So, um, when I lost money, I just kind of, you know, licked my wounds a little bit and um, retreated and decided that I was going to self-educate, start reading some books about, um, you know, no money down strategies, no credit, no crash, that kind of thing. And then just really just digesting as much as I possibly could. But the thing is, even when you self-educate, you still don't know how to really put everything together. You have bits and pieces of stuff, but it doesn't really all make sense, you know? So I didn't do another deal until I met this gentleman. And uh, when he came into my branch, he needed me to notarize a document. Okay. And guess that document was actually a note. Oh, <laughs> it was a note. Like a promissory yeah, note. Well, yeah, he wanted me to notarize some paperwork for one of his clients because he was getting ready to loan them some money to do a real estate deal. So because I was familiar with the paperwork, because I was studying at home, I cornered him in my office. Like literally, it was I totally could have gotten fired, but I cornered him in my office and I locked the door and I was like, I know what this is. I said, you're, you're doing something in real estate and you better tell me and teach me right now. And he just laughed his head off. And he says, well, I'm not the teaching type, but I can introduce you to someone who can assist you. And I says, OK. He said, well, what are you doing next week, Wednesday? And I was like, nothing. Obviously, I'm going to be with you. You know, <laughs> so he um, took me to our local real estate investors association and he introduced me to the president at that time. He and her were really good friends. And that's how he passed me off as a warm referral. And wow. I ended up being a member of the um, local RIA for quite so many years until I you know, ended up being on the board of the RIA for a couple of years as well, too. And that's pretty much where my real estate investing career really, really started. What, what year was that? Oh, the year that I joined the RIA. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I would probably say it was like 2011 or so. Okay. I joined the RIA and really got like really serious about it. Nice. <laughs> And so yes. was this, um, uh, are you still actively involved with the real estate club or, or, um, yes, yes, I actually am. I'm still, you know, commenting and posting and, you know, participating. And I have quite a lot of friends that are still on the board and, you know, my mentor is still a big influence in the, um, nice. RIA as well too. So anyone that is starting in real estate, I'm a huge advocate for that. I'm like, you need to join your local real estate investors association, yeah. like point blank. Like you don't do anything else until you do that first. Even the ones that, I mean, there's some real estate clubs, right, Jackie, that sell a lot of stuff and there's other ones that don't sell anything ever. It's important to be involved in both groups, isn't it? It sure is. And, um, the, um, the national real estate uh, Investors Association is a not-for-profit. So you have um, RIAs that are for-profit and some that are not-for-profit. Yeah. So all you'd have to do is just differentiate between the two. And the ones that are not-for-profit, it's not that they're not profitable. They also offer you know, classes and they offer courses and so on. But their main objective is to provide educational content yeah. and legislative content to real estate investors that could really um, make your business like shine. Oh, that's important because especially in Ohio. I know Vena Jones-Cox up in Ohio. I love her. Yeah, she's, I'm from Ohio, yeah. <laughs> she's amazing. And um, one of the things that they're very big on, which I love, is that they're very big on letting their members know what's going on legislatively because that affects everybody. 
that affects how we do deals, how we what we can or cannot do. And sometimes there's somebody out there who uh, maybe had a bad experience with a landlord who's trying to pass some really strict laws and nobody knows about it. And if there isn't a voice to say, hey, wait a minute, that's not a good idea. Don't do that. We might get stuck with these really unfair laws that are you know, anti-landlord, anti-investor. So it's important. One of the biggest things that I like about real estate investing clubs that's important is having a voice in the community, but also being being made aware of when there's something that, you know, that, that we need to let our local representatives know, like, hey, don't do this, or this is a bad idea. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they keep you in the know, and you have other professionals that are full-time and in the business, right? So you have real estate services as well as real estate investors. So your attorneys, your real estate attorneys are there. Your title companies are there. Yeah. Your skip tracers are there. Your wholesalers are there. Your private money is there. Your hard equity you know, money is there. There's all these different industries that support the local RIAs that are members. So it's not just real estate investors only. There's a myriad of different types. There's contractors there, there's plumbers there, everyone is there. So like that's like all your resources are kind of like underneath one group. So I agree. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's a good place to go to find out what are the investor-friendly title companies, right? What's mm-hmm. the attorney that can help you review this contract you got from this guy's course, you know, and and uh, private money, hard money. Uh, it's a great place to go just to find deals, sell deals and stuff like that. So if any of you listening to this have not been plugged into a really good real estate club in your market, go find one. And if there isn't one, consider starting one. So, okay, Jackie, um, you started getting mentored by somebody local there in your in your market. What did you start doing? What were some of the deals you were like, what did your mentor have you do? Did they have you go knock on doors, hit the streets, do mail or what? Well, you know, one of the first strategies is to get over your fear of doing deals. And everyone's like, oh, I don't have any fear. Uh, yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you do. (laughs) So um, my mentor, he actually had something called a 50-50. And this is before you even, you know, make a deal or do anything like that. So it was a requirement for you to make 50 phone calls and do 50 in-person visits to properties and speak to uh, motivated sellers in person, right? So whether you made an offer or you didn't make an offer, you had to do it. So you had a hundred times that you would go through that process so you can get your jitters out. You could mess up. It doesn't really matter. You know, you can call them from Craigslist or, you know, call for sale by owners if you saw a sign or if you felt so inclined, go knock on someone's door, introduce yourself if it was a for sale by owner or something like that. So that's how it really started 50 50. And then the next phase after. I'm sorry, Jackie, the 50 50, what does that mean? 50 people in 50 days? No, 50 calls, right? So 50 calls as well as 50 in-person. Oh, holy smokes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, this is a great idea. I'm writing it. Yeah, down. yeah. I'm a huge advocate for it. I'm like, no, you're gonna go, you're gonna knock on 50 different doors. <laughs> and no matter what they tell you, you're gonna stand there, you're gonna listen, you're gonna collect information, you're gonna fill out your property lead sheet, and you know. If it makes sense based on what you have been taught, you know, as far as the formulas is concerned, you you bring it back to the nest, bring it back to the group. We'll discuss it. We'll structure it. And you're going to go back and you're going to make an offer. Too easy. You know, I almost peed my pants. I did it. I did it. But it was it was that is brilliant. And that's one of the big advantages of being involved with the local RIA with a coach that's local in your market. Right. Because if you're a national coach. Um, it's it's hard to um, have, you know, that kind of an environment, right? But that is so cool, 50-50. I've thought about doing something like that, making it a requirement, and I need to think about that again. Do you, do you do that with your clients now that you coach? I sure do. I'm a huge advocate for it because I know how valuable it is. And then you couple that with the accountability calls too. Okay. So every week you have accountability. I'm like, well, how many um, people did you touch? You know, how many out of the 50 50 did you do? And, you know, they're like, well, I only did, you know, one, you know, you're like, oh, okay, well, this conversation is over because you're not serious. (laughs) Call me back when you're serious. (laughs) Call me back when you do your homework. (laughs) 
<laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so you're hard on them too. I mean, it's like you're, you're not taking it easy on them, are you? No, because you want results, right? So the, the main reason why you're working with someone that has more experience than you is because you want to be able to gain that ex- that same experience. Why go through anybody's program, whether it's mine or yours, Joe, or anyone's, if you're not planning on being committed and doing the work, you know, if you just wanted to give away, you know, your dollars, I would ask you to just stand on a bridge somewhere and just shell it out, you know, like you in the club somewhere, just make it rain. <laughs> you haven't done that, have you, Jackie? I had no, okay. I don't. I just saw other people do it. You know? <laughs> All right. I like that. Do you want results or not? Like, do you this want is it you or not? Do. How bad do you want it? You know, we go through the screening process and ask what their why. Why do you want to be in real estate? Because many people start off by saying, oh, you know, I just want to make extra money. Okay, all right, fine. But why do you want to make extra money? Like, what are you going to do with this money? You know, what was stopping you from making the extra money prior to you wanting to do real estate? So it goes a lot deeper. So there's more psychology behind it than actually doing the real estate deals and structuring and putting things together. I mean, that's to me, that's the easy part, right? Because there's a formula, there's a process to that. But relating to someone's like the depths of their psychological well-being that's where the real mentoring actually begins. You have to really want to see them do well and 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 really come into themselves, right? Because I remember one time, even after I did the 50-50, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you a secret. So here's what I did, Joe. Yeah. I invested in a campaign. I got a credit card and I invested in a mailing campaign. It was like six thousand dollars that I oh. mailed. And why I did it is because I was um I was doing them manually, right? And I was inconsistent. So I said, okay, well, maybe if I trick myself and have someone else do it, pay someone else to do it, there's going to be consistency because those mailers are going to go out every week. You know, it's 500, 600, you know, mailers are going out every week. And guess what I didn't do? Are you ready? Yeah. Answer the phone. Oh, I I should have said that. (laughs) I was so scared. Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, I'm coming from a place of experience, you know, spending a lot of money doing things just to say that you're doing it, but not really owning it and really walking within that process. And really, it's like Mm self-sabotage, right? Because you're still scared. You're still holding on to those fears. You're still, you know, holding on to a lot of baggage. You know, you want it, but how bad do you want it more than do you want to keep hold of the baggage? That's the problem. Well, how did you get out of that? What did you do to fix it? Answer the phone. <laughs> That's it. So I told the mentor and he scolded me just like, you know, I, I, I have the same conversations with my students. I'm like, why are you doing that? You know, if you're, you're taking food or, or not food, but resources, I would say, because whatever you want to do with your own money is your business, but you're pulling resources away from your home. You said that you want to build a business. Either you're going to have a business or you're going to have a hobby. If you're going to have a hobby, then, you know, you flip a house or renovate a house or whatever you want to do every five years. That's okay. You're not hurting anybody. You know, you just got it out of your system. That's cool. But if you want to actually build a business, you're going to have to behave as a business professional. Right. So you're not being very professional. In addition, he also showed it to me from a different angle as well, too. He says, well, how do you think the people that are contacting you, how do you think they feel? The reason why they're contacting you is because they have some kind of need, right? So you're setting a precedence in their mind about our industry. I'm calling someone for assistance and I can't get them on the phone. So that must mean that, you know, this is a scam or these people are not for real. And he's like, you're for real. You know, you really do want to provide them with solutions. So you're, you're doing an injustice to a lot of people, not just yourself. That's a good way to put it. That really is. It's a bad reflection on the industry. Quite so. And it's endemic. I mean, it's like realtors do it. They're especially bad at it. (laughs) I give you a story. So I recently did a three-day workshop, right, where I trained the attendees for two days and then on the strategy. So I trained them on wholesaling and uh, lease options. And then we went on a bus tour. We went on a ride. Oh, yeah. We went on a field trip, Joe. I took them on a bus and we went to visit 
uh, three different properties and they were all in different um, stages of renovation. Some were really nasty. Some you could see one property, you could see the subfloor, like the dirt. There was no floor. Oh, wow. in the house. oh, yeah, it was pretty bad. So they were like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that this is what things look like. I'm like, yeah, this is what things look like. <laughs> this is what money looks like. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, so I had them take all of the knowledge that they gained in the two days and then apply it on the third day, like physically apply it. So they had a, um, a clipboard and a pen and they had their lead sheet and I had them do their calculations right there on the oh. spot and then create offers right there on the spot as well too. So that was pretty, pretty cool. Awesome. So on the field trip, um, why did I tell the story? We started, what was your question, Joe? I started telling you about the field well, how trip. Did you, I was going to ask him like, how did you get out of that funk? Right. Just said, but I actually call. like just, taking people and putting them into the environment itself and showing them that it's not that scary because people are scared to take that first leap. But if you physically put them in the environment, then they realize that, okay, the only thing that they're fearing is in their mind. It's not really there. No one's going to eat them. Sellers are not going to eat you over the phone. I had to realize that too. That was really important. (laughs) that there wasn't a monster on the yeah. phone that come through the dial and come and get me. It's either they were going to say yes or they're going to say no. That's you know, so good. That you know, easy. Sometimes being overwhelmed, it's crippling. It's like, you know, man, I got to do all of this stuff. And it's just like you're paralyzed. You don't know where to start. And I yeah. can kind of relate to this. I mean, right now I'm working on a couple big projects. And uh, I'm just like, I got so many things to do. I don't know where to start. And I'm a little overwhelmed. And I heard this guy yesterday talk about this on a podcast. And uh, he said it's super – what he does. He was telling me what he does. He said, um, I always just tell myself, this is easy. I got this. This is easy. And I started saying that to myself, like this big project I'm looking at, yeah, this is easy. And all of a sudden, I started feeling better. And so um, I haven't had the time yet today. And this was late last night. But I'm looking forward. I, in about half an hour, I'll be – done with all of my calls and stuff like that. And I'm actually looking forward to tackling this project because I've been telling myself subconsciously all morning, like, Hey, this is going to be easy. This is going to be fun. And it, it has that little thing that it actually works. So one of the things that I usually tell my students, and I do for myself as well too, um, I had to gain new skills, right? So in any time that you are working on a business, initially, before you can pay someone to do something for you, you normally have to do and complete those tasks on your own, right? So you are going to be taken out of your comfort zone at some point. (laughs) Anyway, so whenever I'm being, um, I'm out of my comfort zone, I say, okay, I'm being stretched, right? So I never give up. I don't get frustrated. I just said, I'm being stretched and I'm being stretched and I am learning new things and whatever I'm learning is for the better and it's going to continue and it's going to allow me to grow. So those affirmations and those mantras really, really work. And it takes you through those very challenging times, especially when you're doing something for the first time and it's making you feel really, really uncomfortable. That's good. Mm -hmm. All right. So what would you tell somebody today, Jackie, you want to get involved in real estate? What are some of the things you would start training them how to do? Would you start teaching them? Because we talked about being a transaction engineer. Would you start training them on all the different ways to do deals? Where would you start with them? At the basics, right? So wholesaling, I think, is the basic strategy because it allows someone to understand that pricing is important, right? Acquisition is important. Because no matter what exit strategy you have or what other acquisition strategy you build onto, if you can purchase a property or get a property on the contract, I should say rather, for a wholesaler's price, then many, many different exit strategies open up to you, right? Sure. So understand that first, get those dynamics down, understand the key performing indices that are related to wholesaling. Because people make wholesaling seem so sexy, don't they? It's so easy to wholesale. And you're like, oh, no one told me that I had to send out like a thousand letters (laughs) to get like a response or a thousand letters to get like one deal. And no one talks about like conversions and rate of response and, you know, that kind of thing. So those are the um, key elements that I normally teach as well, too, is the the wholesaling behind the numbers, like the the information behind the numbers. And then we start to advance onto strategies that, okay. 
if the person says no to your wholesale deal, then here are some other items that you can do, which is terms, Mm -hmm. sharing with them that, hey, you know, you could actually still purchase a property for full price and still make money. They're like, what? I'm like, yeah, it happens every day. (laughs) You don't have to fight, you know, a seller to make money if they want, you know, a specific amount for their home. Just give it to them. Yeah. It's like, what? This goes against everything that you just taught me. I'm like, yeah, I know. But there's multiple strategies. I want to make sure that you understand them both. So when you're on the phone, you can have that mindset and just listen to the problem, because no matter what they say to you, you have some kind of solution available that you can offer. So you're talking about seller financing or lease options or something like that. Subject twos. Oh, those are my favorite. So wholesaling, lease options, seller financing, whether it's tax deeds, if the person is behind on their um, on their payments on the real estate taxes, subject to taking over payments, 100 percent financing, seller health seconds, all that cool stuff. So we buy properties where I give the seller everything that they want. And I says, OK, I'm going to pay your your equity in increments at zero percent interest on a on a second mortgage. <laughs> And just put the mortgage on the second or behind their first mortgage. So one of the things, it's one of the things I really like about Jackie is that she's so creative. So uh, you start with, hey, do you want to buy your house or do you want to sell your house? Now that's kind of the first approach you take. But if they want too much money, then you kind of explore creative strategies, right? That's correct. So with every offer, I teach my students to make three offers. Because psychologically, when someone provides you with an offer and they give you like a platter, four is too much, two is too little, one is too little, three is just right. And I say, okay, well, based on your situation and what you have shared with us, these are the solutions that we came up with that could satisfy your needs. So I have this, this, and this. Which one do you think fits your needs? So that's pretty much how it goes. So and what, that's, are, what are those three offers? that you can Yeah, make? sure. So we have a cash offer, which is our most aggressive offer, which is technically we use the maximum allowable offer yeah. formula, yeah. which is the Mayo formula for that one. That's the most aggressive. Um, if they want cash now. By the way, then, before you move from that, is yeah. it, are, are you doing 70%, 75%, 80%? What's it like in Florida right now? What are you doing with that? Number? We're hovering between 65 and 70. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes, yeah, 65 and 70. How is it in your market? About the same, but I would have thought with Florida, the market being hotter, you would have been you would have had a higher percentage, maybe 75%. Well, I tell you what, you really have to stay true to your formula. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you can buy high if you want to, but that doesn't mean you're going to sell high. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> so you stay true to your formula. And if that's not the right model for that or right solution for that seller, then you incorporate different types of strategies to get them what they need. But if you're going to offer cash, then it should be your most aggressive. So if you're not embarrassed by your offer, mm. then you offer too much. That's very good. <laughs> All right. So what's your second and third option that you give? Yes, sure, sure, sure. So it would be owner financing, number two, right? Payments in over terms and giving them 100% of what they want. You know, they want, you know, $100,000. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'll give you a dollar a month for 100,000 months. You know what I mean? Like whatever whatever it is that they want. And they're like, okay, that doesn't make any sense to me. But all right, no problem. uh, Like, do you do something like principal only payments or something like that? Yes, it depends on. It depends. And then the interest rate on that is it's pretty negotiable, but I do start at zero percent interest. So I just say divide the terms by the total amount of the principal and that's it. Because I want to have the most favorable terms where I'm paying down a hundred percent of the, the principal with every payment. So I start there. Okay. So what's your third offer? So the third one, contingent upon if they have a mortgage on it or what their personal situation is, I may take over their existing mortgage or I may offer them a uh, lease option, an option with a lease as well, too. So those are the three different types of strategies that I offer every single time that I make an offer to a seller. Do you have a calculator that you use or a spreadsheet that kind of helps you come up with those offers or is it just you kind of do it? Yeah, I mean, I do. I have, you know, you have your, um, oh my God, it's called the HPBII. <laughs> I had to think about it. So, you know, you have a financial calculator. <laughs> That's what you- yeah. I, so I, I mean, 
I learned the hard way, right? So okay. you know, we, we learned um, quite a few different techniques, how to use a financial calculator. Yeah, well, that's awesome. And a lot of people don't know how to use a financial calculator. So I teach them how to do that. Good for you. But wow. um, for simplicity, it's really just really looking at it from a logical standpoint because you're collecting a lot of data from the the seller anyway, right? Yeah. So if you're doing it right and you're asking the right questions, you will have the big picture. And once you have the big picture, you know what their interest rate is on their current mortgage. You know what their terms is, how much more, how many more years they have left off. If they've already gone 15 years into their term, it may be advantageous to take over their mortgage because at that particular point in time in the amortization, they've already paid down the majority of the interest. So the majority of the payment amount is going to go towards paying off of paying off the, the principal balance and you'll have appreciation and depreciation at the same time, which increases your your spread, right? So we teach all of those different nuances and strategies, but it's not that complicated. I don't want to make it seem like it is. Collect the information, listen very keenly, and then you know all the strategies, just make sense. <laughs> it has that's to good. just make sense. Yes. All right. So let's talk about marketing, Jackie. What are you finding that's working now? I love, love, love actually just sending out the letters. Like you, people still do that. Yeah. <laughs> they still do that. So, but the key here is consistency and frequency, right? So you can't send out one campaign and then expect like, you know, this fantastic results. I mean, you may have great results, but you have to set your expectation that you may have a one to 2%, but that one to 2% rate of response and that conversion should pay for your campaign that you invested in as well as give you some profit too. So what do I mean by that? So if I spent $4,000 on mailers, my expectancy is that I'm going to make somewhere around the lines of, you know, 60 to $70,000. I should at least be able to do, you know, a minimum of two to three deals inside that, um, inside that campaign yeah. period. Yeah. And I found something out. People keep them. <laughs> they oh, keep yeah. the letters. They keep the letters. I had someone call me and he says, oh, I, I had your letter. And I'm like, you did? Because I hadn't sent out a campaign in a while. I'm like, you did? It confused me. And he's like, yeah, I, I got your letter about a year and a half ago, wow. but I didn't wow. have a need. And I kept yours. And I get letters all the time, but I just kept yours. And I was like, really? Why? <laughs> I was like, why? Why did you keep mine versus, you know, all of the other letters? And he didn't have an answer for me. And I was yeah. really curious. I wanted to know which one of the text it was so I can go back and do it again. <laughs> but he didn't tell me which one it was. So, so what kind of letters are you sending? Yellow letters, typed letters, professional? I love, yeah, I love handwritten. The handwritten font is very personable and I know that it's kind of like a saturated technique or maybe an overused technique to some extent, but it works. It really, really works. And you don't have to be very elaborate on it, but you should be to the point and be very empathetic and sincere in what you're saying. So that's what I find to be most valuable. I get the most responses from it. You just have to be a nice person. I think if you're going for the gusto, like, I'm going to buy your house cash right now, move out in seven days and, you know, give me your house. You just feel very like pushy. <laughs> One of the best letters I've ever done is just says, hey, my name is Joe. Sorry for being short, but I'd really like to talk with you about your house at 123 Main Street to see if you'd like to sell it. Give me a call. Phone number. Thanks, Joe. Something simple. Perfect. I mean, like sounds really personal, doesn't it? It sure does. It sounds like you just was driving down the street. You wrote down an address and you sent someone a handwritten letter. Mm -hmm. That's exactly the type of um, letter that I would encourage my students to write to. So thank you for sharing that. Do you have um, favorite lists that you like to mail to? I do, actually. I kind of do it like a little. You a little have zig to share it if you don't want. But it oh, no. I don't believe in scarcity. Right. <laughs> so that's one thing. So what is for me is for me, there is plenty Plenty, plenty, plenty out there for, for all of us, right? So one of the lists that I love to do is absentee owners. So you have absentee owners in state as well as out of state, right? Yeah. So I prefer to do the ones that are out of state because that distance, I believe, creates like um, a psychological distance 
from the house as well, too. Right. So you got to catch them at that moment. But in addition to just plain old absentee owners, I also deviate a little bit. And then I will do with the age of the property as well. Okay, so the I would want to look at houses if it's 2018 right now. Right. That's where we are. (laughs) I'm looking at homes that may be built in the 1980s. Or old, yeah, 1980s, 1970s. So these homes here would at least be 20 years old, you know, 20, 30 years old. So they've aged a little bit and, you know, they're coming up on their lifespan where things are starting to break the probability of all of the original fixtures, construction and everything that came with that property now has to be replaced based on their lifespan. Right. So somebody is planning on making some major renovations at some point for these properties. So I do that. And then I may even couple it with another variable, which is age too. Right. So that's a big one as well too. So I may want the seller to be between the ages of like, you know, 60 and 80. (laughs) And that works as well too. Good, good. One more question for you because we're running up to the end of the hour. Sure. Uh, auctions. Are you still selling your lease option deals or regular deals as auctions like we've talked about before? Oh, my gosh, Joe. I will never, ever, ever forsake that strategy ever. <laughs> I will never forsake it. OK, I will do it on every single property I ever have. Why? Because I attract so many different types of buyers. So not only do I attract lease option buyers, I attract cash buyers. I attract realtors who sometimes are buyers and they bring me other buyers. I attract retail buyers. So that is definitely one of the strategies that I'll always keep in my back pocket and I will share it with anybody because it works. Oh, I wish we, we should talk Jackie later because this would be something, I think this would be a great little mini course. Have you created something like this already or? No, I have not. The last time I shared it like publicly like this, you know, I was with you and I shared it with your uh, students there at your workshop and it was free love. (laughs) I'm a hippie at heart. It was free love. But I do believe that, we should put something together because it can help so many different people, not only just investors, mm-hmm. but agents as well, too, because I have driven past some very sad open houses. I mean, sad. Only the realtor and her cookies are there. That's it. <laughs> what we're talking about, guys, is Jackie. She didn't invent this. This has been around a long time, but she does it really, really well. She will do these like, I don't know, five day auctions, seven day auctions. And uh, oh, did I lose you, Jackie? I think I'm still here. Okay, good, good. (laughs) Okay. All right. So uh, Jackie will do these like short five-day, seven-day auctions, spread the word out, build the excitement up, and get a bunch of people there and have people bid on the down payment of the option money. So these are homes, Jackie, that that Jackie has under contract to owner finance subject to lease options, some of the creative strategies. She'll actually advertise it on Craigslist, on with bandit signs, even to put it on the MLS as a flat fee listing, right? That is correct. I will definitely do that um, because I want the listing to be syndicated amongst yeah. all the other real estate um, websites. Because once it's on the MLS, it's going to go to Realtor.com. It's going to go to Zillow. It's going to go to Trulia. It's going to go to, you know, Home Advisor. It's going to go everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so so now that it's out there, you tell people, hey, you can't come look at it until this day, right? And then uh, you get everybody there and then people bid on the down payment option deposit money. But you'll also get cash buyers that will want to make an offer to buy it with cash, right? Absolutely. You get everybody. You get owner financing buyers. Like you get every type of buyer in every type of situation. So you will have a multiple offer situation and you can do the math and decide which offer is like most advantageous for your deal. You can choose which offer is most advantageous for your deal. So it's creating scarcity, right? And then creating demand inside the property. So that's pretty much the, the, the way how I do it is so that you can have the highest probability of selling the property really, really fast. So you get a bunch of people there all at once. It builds the excitement up and anticipation. People can see what other people are bidding. So they bid it up higher it's really, really powerful and effective. And on a normal lease option where you might get three or five grand on a, as an option deposit, what are you getting on a typical lease option deal? 
Oh man, um, anywhere twenty, thirty thousand dollars. Because I don't ever put an amount. You know, that's part of the ch- the um, the strategy as well too. If you say to someone, you know, the the option fee is five thousand or ten thousand, then that's what they're going to come up with. You know, people are like, well, how much is the, the the down payment? Or it's not a down payment, but it could be if I did an owner finance thing. But how much is the option fee? And I'm like, well, how much have you saved for your new home? You know, that's the that's the question I ask. That how much have you saved for your new home? And then they're like, well. We, we have, you know, $20,000 saved up. I'm like, well, you know, is, is, is that the best you can is do? <laughs> is, that a, is that all? Don't you see all these people here? <laughs> if you want this home, you're going to have to compete for That's it. That's <laughs> so good, Jackie. That's awesome. <laughs> all right. Well, Jackie, we'll, we'll talk about that. I want to talk about that with you some more. And um, I appreciate you taking the time to be on my podcast and uh, sure appreciate you because I know you're real busy and you got a lot on your plate and uh, thanks for taking the time. How can people reach you or find out about you? Is it the Jackie Jackson.com? Is that the best way? Yes. Um, I have two websites. The Jackie Jackson.com is my official branding website. You know, they can see me, see what I look like, pictures, testimonials, that kind of stuff from um, my past students. And then my coaching program is called Cash Flow Your Life, right? So if that's what you want to do, you want to cash flow your life, then that's where you'd go. Cashflowyourlife.com. I'm writing that down right now. Cashflowyourlife.com. Good website. Yes. Nice. Thank and you. Uh, people can reach out to you and talk to you about personal one-on-one coaching from there. Right? Yes, they can. Absolutely. They can do that. They can set up a um, complimentary strategy session with me. And we can talk about their goals, what they want to accomplish, and then we'll see if we are a right fit. So what I also share with people is like based on what they want to do, I'll also share with them that, hey, that's not what I do either. You know, like I don't think that we're a good fit, which is honest business, right? It's not about, you know, um, signing people up and getting them on board and then they don't perform or they're dissatisfied. It's okay. It's okay if we're not the right fit for each other. We'll just be friends. It's okay. (laughs) And I'm looking you up on on Facebook too. Are you active on Facebook? I am. I have so many friends. I'm about to max out shortly. <laughs> so, well, you have a page. That's yes. I have that page. You're so wearing a shirt that says, "I'm not like most girls." I'm not like most girls. <laughs> I, I'm not. <laughs> That's awesome. You're in front of this house. Looks like you probably uh, one of your deals that you're talking about in this you know video. What? That video, I went to visit one of my um, very first students um, that I assisted, and now he's up to 15 um, multifamilies now, and he's getting ready to acquire five more units in the next uh, couple of weeks. So I was like, you know, I want to come out and visit you and see, you know, your operation and your business. And it started with a phone call, you know, to me. (laughs) And I was like, I did that. You know, I'm like, I didn't do it. He did it. But, you know, like my advice really works. I'm like, wow, God bless you. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's what happens when people listen, you know, and they implement and they do. So it's the ownership is still on them. The information is always going to be there. But if you're not willing to put in the time or the work, then nothing's going to work. Jackie, we have 238 mutual friends. I know. We're that's like, that's awesome. I didn't know if you knew that or not. <laughs> we run in the same circles. That's so cool. But it looks like you got uh, a lot of good videos here on your Facebook page. Yeah. And yeah, uh, you're, you're talking about deals, but you, almost every day you've got something out there. I try to keep the content fresh. Um, people see me on the show. The show is also posted weekly, so they get that. And then, you know, I build things. Like I said, I had to acquire a lot of skills, Joe. <laughs> a lot. So it's I'm the marketer. You know, the accountant, the bookkeeper, you know, the, the coach, the mentor, the house flipper. I'm still an investor. You know, you do a lot of things until you can you can delegate some things out there. But now uh, life is really good. I have a virtual assistant that does a lot of the administrative stuff for me. And I've put a lot of those tasks through automation. So it, although it looks like I'm online, sometimes most times I'm not. So that's my big secret. <laughs> right. Well, that, thank you very much, Jackie. And again, guys, if you want to get more information about Jackie and, and reach out to her and talk to her about, um, you know, maybe you got some deals 
that you want to partner with her on in in the Orlando area? Are there other markets that you invest in, Jackie? Yeah, the entire um, state of Florida. And I'm also not afraid to go out of state as well, too. I, you know, give me some time to to take a look at that market and do my research. But if the numbers work, the numbers work. Right. So we can do joint ventures and um, I can give you some strategy on how to put something together if you're kind of challenged on it or getting ready to walk away from a deal because you don't know how to structure it. Maybe we can joint venture. We can um, make some money together. So that's okay too. Yes. Good. So again, um, thejackiejackson.com or cashflowyourlife.com and Facebook. Hey, thanks again. We'll see you, Jackie. Thanks, Joe. See you guys. Bye-bye.